Greetings, travelers, and welcome to just another side quest. Tonight, Will, Liz, and Randall will talk FIFA and control, and discuss accessibility in video games. Join us for episode 12. Hello and welcome to Just Another Side Quest. I'm Randall and joining me tonight is... Hi, I'm Will. And I'm Liz. Welcome, guys. Um, you, some of you might remember Will from episodes 6 and 8. And tonight we are honored to have his wonderful wife, Liz, joining us. Hello. <laughs> what have you guys been up to? Uh, a lot. We just sold our car today. That was a big one. Yeah, we're moving to Mexico in a month. Yeah. Mexico. Yeah, they have good internet though, so we'll be okay. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it'd be, be great to have you guys on from Mexico every once in a while. Yeah. Wow. The time difference might be tricky. <laughs> well, congrats. You guys are going to be teaching down there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm teaching um, English language arts. And I'll be doing third and fourth grade. That's awesome. Because uh, I know Will was teaching high school uh, previously. Uh, Liz, what, what were, were you teaching uh, English uh, up here in the States? Um, I was subbing last year, so I was teaching everything, but I am licensed to teach English. Well, there you go. Seems like that's kind of right up your alley then. Yeah, should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I've been uh, driving mostly. A little more work to do to sell the house, um, and so... I uh, had to fly down to Texas and pick something up and fix a couple things and uh, picked up my truck and drove back. And that was 30 hours of driving in a 40-hour period. So that was that was fun. Safe. Yeah. It's a lot of a lot of driving. Are you guys uh, driving or flying down to uh, Mexico? We're flying, fortunately. Yeah. Currently, the land border is closed. So if we wanted to drive, we can't. So we are flying, fortunately, mm-hmm. though. Well, that'll be nice because you guys are going to be kind of in town, so you won't necessarily need a car anyway. Right. That's the plan, yeah. Yeah. And Ubers are actually really cheap in Mexico. Really cool. So. Yeah. Like three bucks a ride. Wow, that is that is affordable. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> that, the, that's the tip on one up here yeah. for a short one. If you're lucky, yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, and I, I fully assume you are bringing your PS5 and your uh, PC down there, so you'll still be still be playing games also. Yep, Switch is coming too. We'll, we'll be keeping up with the video games as much as we can. That's almost the only thing that's coming. We're taking all yeah. computing devices and all our clothes and everything else. We're just going to buy it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot easier than, especially if you're going to fly, you know, you'd have to have everything shipped. And mm-hmm. what is a couch right. at a certain point? Yeah. Especially our couches. They're not great couches. We're shipping to Mexico for sure. Yeah, and you can get some neat stuff down down uh, in Mexico too that'll be kind of more uh, appropriate style-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've been looking at the apartments and none of them have carpet. It's all tile. Yeah, uh, probably to uh, because the tile will absorb the heat during the day, um, and then put it out at night. So it'll keep the uh, the desert nights will stay keep you a bit warmer with the heat radiating off of the tile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so, uh, video games. Uh, I know you, uh, Will's been playing a few things, but mm-hmm. Liz is kind of uh, an off and on gamer. Uh, I would say a little sister. A L- little sister? <laughs> I had no opportunity to have the controller in my hand growing up, but I was more than welcome to walk. I did. I actually did that a lot growing up with my uh, friend who lived down the road. Uh, I would, instead of playing my own console, I would actually sometimes prefer going down there after we, after I had my own. I would still go down and watch him play games. And I don't know. Uh, at at the time, I thought it was weird, but now there's a multi billion dollar industry to yeah. watch other people play games. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. So Liz, you were a trailblazer. <laughs> Not, the original. Not, not by choice, though. He was kind of relegated to the little sister role. Yeah. Well, so the gaming console wasn't like the family's gaming console. I don't think my brother was like allowed to have it, but he just did secretly, I believe. I know. Secret yeah, I gaming. Know. This is dangerous. I know. <laughs> so I watched, uh, oh no, I forgot the name. Final Fantasy 12? The good one, whatever that one is. Oh, that that was a, that's a loaded uh, statement. What the good one is? <laughs> a whole own podcast. Seven? A... <laughs> I don't know. I I think the canonical answer might be four or six. Oh. I, I think I think four is technically the right answer. Um, that we don't get uh, shut down by anonymous. Yeah. Well, one of the songs in it went Sephiroth. So if that helps. We'll put it out there and see if we can figure out what it is. Yeah, when, like, it's not when you found something, though. Too. Yeah, I've been. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Well. Oh no. Sounded like she says Sephiroth, which which would uh, narrow it down. But um, either way. <laughs> um, so what, uh, Liz? What have what have you played? Because being married to Will, I feel for you. But. <laughs> On the upside, I'm sure he's, uh, you know, been able to, you know, show you the fun parts of uh, of this hobby because I know he's kind of helped get you into board games because we all play uh, board games together quite often, um, and we play like indie games, uh-huh. uh, like couch co-op indie games uh, with you guys uh, quite a bit. So, what was kind of your your introduction to uh, gaming with uh with will hmm i think the first one he showed me was called lovers in a dangerous space time and it is a couch co-op game so we were two little aliens really cute aliens that's a good gateway in a little like spaceship situation navigating through what looks to be like cells i think it's supposed to be spacey but it kind of comes off like the bloodstream and you're like shooting down like, you know, viruses as like little white blood cells. Anyway, that's Maybe how that's I thought of it. Maybe that's just a meta interpretation of it. You're seeing big time to fail with space time. For sure. No. But yeah, there's little cute creatures you go around and save a bunch of rabbits. Yeah, and frogs. And turtles and fox. It was great. But it was mm-hmm. only like a two-hour game all put together. It wasn't very long. But that was my very first couch co-op. I didn't even know that you could play video games on the same side. So we did that one together. And then he introduced me to Overcooked. 
Oh, okay. And you guys survived that. Yeah, our relationship survived Overcooked. <laughs> it's the Ikea of video games. Right? Uh, <laughs> if your relationship can survive Ikea and Overcooked, it's pretty much that. No, those are, those are good uh, early tests. <laughs> yeah, it was fun kind of getting Liz to... I'd played games before, and I think I wanted to find ways to do things when we were first dating that wasn't just go out and spend a bunch of money mm-hmm. and spend a bunch of money to stay in and play video games. So I spent a lot less money, honestly. But Overcooked is a really fun one we've both enjoyed. Um, we had one called Heave Ho. Oh, yeah. That we like, too. There's a few other smaller indie games we've played that enjoyed. Um, we're playing one right now, but it's kind of hard for me. Thread. Unravel. Unravel. Huh. So, Heave Ho, I was looking, I was uh, trying to pull that uh, a few weeks ago, and I couldn't remember the name of it. Heave Ho. uh, I'm going to say it one more time, Heave Ho, because everyone should look this game up. It is one of the most fun kind of multiplayer couch co-op games uh, I've played. That That was a lot of fun. It's so silly, but and so simple of a concept too. But the the physics are perfect. The gameplay is just just silly enough that you can do it, not punishing if you die. Mm-hmm. Really good for that kind of intro couch co op. We have someone who played that, but I never used a controller before. Or was that over? Yeah, we tried. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Evo, you're this little blob that has arms and no legs and you can only control the hands and basically you fling yourself across the screen mm-hmm. and it's kind of a, a side scroller ish sort of a simple geometry uh puzzle game almost like right. an action puzzle game where you're you got the floppy arms kind of like um uh um are you thinking of the human fall flat? Human fall flat. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a two-dimensional, uh, simplified human fall flat. Mm-hmm. And it's because of its simplicity, it's it's a lot of fun. And you can not only so you use you know alternating triggers for for the left and right hand. Is that am I remembering that correctly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of swing using within the control stick on the console. Yeah, but that's really all you need is is uh, you know two triggers and left and right uh, takes care of pretty much the entire game, uh, and so like you try and kind of monkey bar your way across uh, uh, simple ge- geometry to get from one side to the other, uh, and it gets more complicated as it goes on. But much like uh, an overcooked playing with friends pretty quickly devolves into um, <laughs> grabbing each other and then pulling each other off of the geometry where you fall to your death and a colorful paint blood splatter shoots yeah. up through the screen. Uh, so there's there's a lot of... Um, you don't get anything for pulling someone off screen other than them going, who's orange? Who's orange? Who did that? <laughs> or if you're well, some of the some of the levels require you to work as a team. 
and Will will grab onto my character's hand, fling himself to the next level, and then just leap. <laughs> that that is fun. I, I know the last time we played, it took all four of us to kind of try and swing in unison, which you know everyone has to be a little bit differently timed to really crack the whip. Um, and it's really easy to mix up your left and right hands. They yeah. have them color color coordinated, but it's still real easy to mess that up. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. I just messed up which hand it was, uh-huh. obviously. Repeatedly. Yeah. Well, the problem is it's, it's red. It, I believe it's red and green. Maybe red and blue, but yeah. yeah. They color coordinated too, and it should be right and left, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, right is not red. Left is red, or yeah, it's... Uh, really frustrating uh that's what really got me because i'm like oh right is red and i would hit the wrong one and you let go with the wrong hand it was always you let go with the wrong hand okay you gotta let go on one two three that's the wrong hand Uh everyone flies off the screen yep and then the best thing was as soon as you die you just spawn at the top of the screen and fall back in and so it it was so unpunishing that you could even if you would killed somebody you wouldn't like ruin the level you wouldn't have to restart it was very occasionally if you got far enough it was a traverse level if you got to a certain point and then they died they spawned in front of you so it was a great way to kind of move the game forward if you to. yeah yeah even if you couldn't make it if you tossed someone hard enough they may cross the plane and get you all there mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good one for that it's very very non-gamer friendly has that kind of easy, like you're saying, just two triggers and a, and a stick, and you can pretty much figure that out. And silly. Um, and silly. Well, uh, I think we're going to go through uh, what we've been playing uh, recently, and then uh, our topic today is going to be accessibility in video games, which we kind of uh, already kind of touched on a little bit. You know, we're going to talk about what what makes games fun for people who didn't just grow up playing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I figure everyone can kind of probably bring one or two things to the table. Um, so Will, what have you been, what have you been playing? Um, as of before, Apex is kind of the staple in our background. We've played that whenever we can. We started up a new one with some of the friends who have PlayStation on a game called Path of Exile which is essentially like a Diablo clone. I know it's probably not the right way to say that, but it is similar in style to a Diablo game where you're top-down managing moves with your character and kind of just dungeon crawling through the area. Um, Similar to Gauntlet, which is another one where you kind of pick that up with, hey, Gauntlet's fun. We should play more like Gauntlet. So we find Path of Exile as a free version of Diablo to play. That's been fun to kind of work through with some people. it's very technical and very levelly, if that makes sense. Like the characters level pretty aggressively. So we had a friend who hopped on, got ahead of us, and was able to get a bunch of the gems you need to learn moves and just kind of essentially carried us ten levels through by giving us all the abilities we needed right at the beginning. Just have one person grind. Yeah, they had the free time to grind, I guess. Uh, apparently newborns don't sleep that much or do sleep that much, so they could get by by playing some Path of Exile on their own. Um, that's been fun. Uh, still a, a getting a learning curve of not really sure if this is what we all like to play enough. We haven't had enough sequential days of all of us playing together for really pop. But it's a fine game. 
I've also gotten FIFA 20 was on sale on PlayStation for 10 bucks. So I said, okay, I'll give EA that much. Yeah. Um, I've found out that I've owned FIFA 2000, or sorry, FIFA 98, FIFA 2007, FIFA 14, and now FIFA 20. I've had a pretty consistent span of only buying a FIFA game every seven or six years. So I feel so good about that. <laughs> I think that's a that's a realistic amount of time between games. By then, you're really going to have a difference in um, uh, in you know playability mm-hmm. at that point. Like the it's... graphics are going to be enough different, and they're going to have added enough mm-hmm. different mechanics that it'll be noticeably different as opposed to year to year. Yeah, it's not just a reskin with new teams. That's the nice thing that this one has been. Um, even I mean, from 14 to this has not improved gameplay all that much. They had it pretty well figured out kind of in the 07 days. It's been the same kind of gameplay. They just add a lot more features. And the new one, they have a street soccer mode, which kind of reminded me of the old, like, I don't know if they ever made a FIFA Street, but they had NFL Street and the NBA Street games from back in the day. They had that kind of fun, more free-flowing element of the game and played on small goals like futsal. And so it's been very fun to have that mode. That one was a fun one to do. Um, they also have like the newer teams, so playing with like the accurate team rosters for this last year has been fun. And with you know soccer not being able to be played for a long time, it was nice to have that to do. And then they finally started up more of the leagues behind closed doors during COVID. And it's been good to have FIFA to play when there isn't soccer to watch. And then occasionally getting to watch some of the European soccer clubs that are playing again. Yeah. Liz knows the name of the German soccer league, the Bundesliga. (laughs) So are you going to try and get uh, yourself traded to that team on this game too? (laughs) I decided just to start from this team. But what I've realized is the struggle in this one, when you start with the team, you start with the worst stat game. And if you do a character mode, which I love to play, you have to start with the worst character in the game. So if you start with a club that's too good, which Bayern is, I end up either not playing in half the games or like I get tired too quickly in the game. My character gets exhausted and can't finish a match. So it was a really weird start to the game, trying to figure out how to get yourself to play, how to score enough goals to get picked again. But as a rookie player who can't get himself, even after like doing the, all the practice sessions you could, the whole season long, just to level your character up, I couldn't get past like 75. And every other player on the team is like an 80 plus rating. So I'm just like, okay, I'm never going to get playing time. So it was a little bit demoralizing. And I've, realize that's one of the big flaws with the character creator mode is if you want to do that you have to struggle through a couple seasons to get where you want to be and that was kind of rough i think they may have added options where you can pay to level yourself up i know they did that in the basketball one i was talking to a friend about or was borrowing 2k19 and they had a character mode but you had to he was explaining you couldn't even make an open layup at the beginning of that career mode, you'd have to like really practice or, or pay money to get a like auto level thing. So they've kind of ruined career modes in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, cause either you start at a, at a lower team 
and you can do better there and progress faster, but it's, you're still going to have to be there a few years uh, to move up to the, you know, the place that you want to be. And then hopefully okay. you traded there or you start there, but much like an actual rookie starting at a huge team, it's kind of going to be an uphill battle trying to displace the starters on that team. I think it's really funny how he gets frustrated when he can't play a game. He'll be like, oh, I didn't get chosen for this game. But it's like, you can play the next one in like five seconds, right? The struggle was when I did the first season, I was like, I had it. So I actually figured out what I needed to do. And this is probably cheating, and I'm sure it is. But I found out in the settings, you can go in and you can adjust some things. So being a low number stat character is kind of a boring thing. It's not fun to be like slow and unable to pass past somebody whenever else is running around you. So I found the way to make the settings so that my character was like running at 75% speed and everyone else was running at 50, which is the standard. <laughs> so my character was now actually at a level 75, was running at the same pace as everybody else and could actually shoot as hard as everybody else. So I kind of, I tweaked the settings in game to make myself more likely to not be injured which i remember from your history of that being a real downer so I turned off like injury option and boosted my speed and and um passing abilities. that's why my stamina has been such a pain because i don't have the stamina built up so i can run just as fast but i tire out way too fast so i was doing that so i was actually able to whenever i got into games i'd get the goals i needed to do i was ending the games with high rankings which is how to determine you know if you could play again but because I was a rookie, I was getting dropped from big games. So the sad thing was, I'd get to the end of the season. We were winning the league. I got I couldn't play in the last game of the league to be there for the trophy ceremony. And then I was in the Champions League and couldn't play in the second game for that. And so I'm just like, I can't be a part of the big games that matter for the team, much like a rookie wouldn't probably get to do. But you'd figure the guy who's scoring the most goals should probably be on the field, and you should bench the Robert Lewandowski, who he kicked out of place. But that's my opinion. You know, I'm the rookie player who thinks we should be playing in all the big games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think it's cheating at that point. I mean, maybe cheesing, but I mean, it's oh, no yeah. different than circle strafing around a boss. I mean... Mm-hmm. It comes down to, are you having fun doing this or are you cheating yourself out of an experience? And it sounds like you're not cheating yourself out of an experience. Unless the experience I'm supposed to have is the struggle grind of being a like terrible player for two. But did you, did you buy, did you buy a, a bus pass? Did you buy a ticket for the struggle bus? No, I paid $10 to run fast. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's been well, for good, another good 10 bucks, game. you can run fast. I know. That's the thing. That's where they get you. <laughs> yeah, you go, well, then I only paid $20 for the game and I can play it because it's fun. That's how those free games get you. Yeah, I know Apex came out with their passes and I was like, I haven't paid anything for this game. I could pay $10 for a pass or I could pay $18 for a cosmetic. I haven't done it yet, but it is an option out there, and there's some cool-looking skins in that game. <laughs> you know, I do that with some games, especially free or cheap ones, and I go, you know what? I want to sponsor, you know, I want to, you know, I don't want to say, hey, yes, I like your microtransaction thing, but at the same time, it's like, well, I do like 
your game and I got it cheap mm-hmm. or free. Mm-hmm. Let me support the people that made it. You know, yep. it's hard to support them without them going, Hey, look, people like the microtransactions, but it's like, I mean, I guess I like choosing how much to pay for a game. That is the thing. It's the $60 titles that don't come fully prepped at launch and then still have microtransactions and it takes them two years to become an actually good game. I'm looking at you, I, Battlefront 2. I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at least those were were free, and it's a, it's a good game now for $15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's where it comes down to, is don't sell an incomplete game for $60 and then say, well, you can get the rest of the game for another 40 Yeah, that was silly. But yeah. But uh, what else is that? Uh, pretty much what you've been playing, or I just cracked open or just started playing Control, the PS4 title. I think it's a PS4 exclusive. I'm not 100 sure. Uh, um, no, I, I don't. I don't believe it is. Oh, Because um, uh, I was going to recommend it. It's, it's so far has been interesting. Um, very convoluted storyline. Something you kind of just jump in and you're kind of thrown into the midst of this what is going on scenario, but if you kind of just let it happen, I'm assuming the story's going to get there, so I'm playing it out. You play as a character with these seemingly mind control powers and then a gun that shoots whatever it shoots and somehow reloads itself eventually over time, and then I've earned the ability to pick up and throw rocks with my brain. So, so far, pretty fun. Um, Weird, weird kind of... uh, the vibe I'm getting from this. It's kind of mystery thriller with a side of CIA conspiracy going on. So, Yeah, so the, uh, you say you're playing this on uh, PS4? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is... Um, it's on PS4, Xbox One, and it's on Microsoft. Uh, and it will be released for the PS5 and Xbox Series X when they release. Hmm. Um, and they... Uh, so on the two new boxes and the Windows version, you can actually use uh, ray tracing, uh, which we talked about uh, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, for for visuals. Uh, so if you have a good video card on your uh, desktop, you could use that now. Um, but yeah, this is it's developed by Remedy, uh, Remedy Entertainment, that made uh, Max Payne, Alan Wake, Quantum Break. Uh, I played Quantum Break and actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it released by Five Hundred Five Games, which they make all types of all types of stuff. Man, mm-hmm. uh, they actually made the PC release of Death Stranding, or released it at least. Oh, yeah, yeah, this one's been good. It's it, I got a strong recommendation from a friend, so I came into it expecting good things and see what happens. I, I haven't really gotten into it far enough to give a a determination, but I'd say it's been good so far yeah i've been tempted to watch him play but i heard it was scary so i'm not really sure (laughs) from what i've heard there's it's not really spooks so much as i mean there's a couple of kind of jump scares but it's not silent hill it's um Mm. more suspenseful than scary well that's not too bad It, it does have some audio stuff that i was playing with headphones on and i was given that warning because it has this kind of constant hissing slash whispering going on in the background which is a little unnerving 
which I think added to the experience of playing with headphones on, uh-huh. but I think adds to the kind of spookier nature of it. It's got some unknowns. It's got some some kind of psychedelic things going on, but a little trippy. But maybe Liz will like to watch it. Now I'm thinking I might want it. Yeah, I can go back and restart. Yes. We can Liz can watch again. Yes, <laughs> gotta watch the beginning. Yeah, it's not super long, and there's supposed to be a pretty good turn about halfway through uh, that you may miss. But it's it's uh, super good. It, it's it's on my uh, it, it's on my list of things. But I need to go through The Witcher next mm. uh, after I wrap up everything I'm doing. But then I think this is on after that. Gotcha. What else have you been playing? Me? Yeah. Uh, well, as usual, I'm trying to kind of go through through everything um, as quickly as I can. So <laughs> I, uh, on the last episode, I mentioned that I had started playing Super Mario Odyssey, and mm. I'm here to say I have now finished it. Unlike <laughs> Breath of the Wild, huh? Yeah, so <laughs> I have less time into Odyssey, and I've had way more fun already. Mm. It never felt like a, a slog. Yeah. I'm not sure how complete I'll end up getting with the game, uh, mm-hmm. simply because I have so many other games to play. But I'm I'm still not bored of it. I, I you know, I finished the the main story of the game. Um and I've found enough kind of Mario 64 Easter eggs. Hmm. Uh, in the kind of post game that it's kind of still got me a little bit hooked. Um, so, I mean, if you, if you grew up when I did through the, you know, through the nineties and, and early two thousands, definitely play through the whole game because there's, there's just little bits in the kind of post game that uh, it was a good reward for me uh for their memories and the feels i'm like oh yeah this kind of reminds me of of 64 some good stuff in there um have you guys played odyssey at all will did he tried to convince me to play two player with him so i could be the hat and the hat does nothing so i was not convinced (laughs) well i'll tell you what um my almost three-year-old played as the hat (laughs) while my six-year-old played as Mario. And um, it was one of the funniest things. <laughs> I wish I could see that. Be- uh, because my youngest uh, realized, because he kept hitting, because we split the Joy-Cons, and uh-huh. I mistakenly gave him the um, the left side, which has the screenshot button. Oh, <laughs> And so I think I have like a hundred new screenshots and he just, he loved hitting the button and he would just cackle. I took a picture. <laughs> but, um, cause he was trying to get to the button to throw the hat. Cause uh-huh. that's the only, only button you really have. Um, but he kept hitting that. And so to keep him distracted from the button, I was like, here, just shake it. Cause you can just shake the joy con mm-hmm. and the, and the hat goes. So he ended up just like sitting and just cackling and shaking it and watching it go and come back, uh, much to the dismay of his older brothers. Like, no, I need you. No, not yet. And he just the hat just goes and comes back and goes and goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 
I mean, I there is that, some fun to be had. Yeah, I know that the pros have to use the double, like the pro guys who are doing speed runs will use the hat because you can get faster movement things playing two players. So they'll actually use like both hands on two controllers trying to do both. They're actually throwing the hat for themselves, trying to get themselves moving. But yeah, I don't think that's what those guys were doing, huh? <laughs> um. So yeah, that's uh, pretty much it with Super Mario Odyssey. I was able to to finish that up. Um, I tried a couple of other games. Uh, I tried Terraria, which mm-hmm. I've heard a lot about, but after playing it on the Xbox One, I think it's a more a PC title. Mm-hmm. Very kind of finicky to do with the uh, with the dual joysticks. Wasn't that kind of touted as a Animal Crossing style? game or is that a different one i'm thinking of uh you're you're certainly thinking of of something else this is um like a side scroller view Hmm. but it is a like a a kind of a side scroller minecraft i suppose okay yeah i'm thinking of something else with kind of a neo geo cabinet uh style to it Mm -hmm. um it seems like i can understand how people put hundreds of hours into it Mm-hmm. Um, being a builder game, mm-hmm. um, but no, it just it doesn't work on on console. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I jumped over to uh, the only other game I've been playing since then, which is uh, Steam World Dig Two. Mm-hmm. Now, Steam World is a set of games that all are kind of tangentially related, but they are all different styles. Uh, like one's a roguelike and this one's kind of a a puzzle game. Um, it's another kind of low poly side scroller, but the main mechanic is digging. Uh, so it kind of gives you an over an over map and then you go down into mine shafts and uh, you're a, a robot, uh, kind of a kind of a cutesy robot world. Um, but you go down into these mines and it shows blocks and some of them are soft dirt or hard dirt or rocks or things you can't dig through or gems or bugs that you have to. And so, you know, you have to find a path that you dig that doesn't drop the rocks on you. And, mm. uh, and then you have to be able to climb back up because you run out of uh, light, like you have a lantern with a limited amount of fuel. Now, none of this is uh, like I talked about Subnautica uh, last episode, which kind of has some spooks in it. This is not that. This is more Ori and the Will of the Wisps sort of a mm-hmm. age feel. Um, super fun. I definitely recommend checking it out if that's your kind of thing. It's it's fun because it's also not super technical. Mm-hmm. Um I never really had my fast twitch muscles uh, too much engaged. It's more of a thinker. Sounds like a Liz game. That is, it's something I'd recommend at least uh, Liz trying out if she kind of wants a, a long list of things to put five minutes into. And again, uh, you know, if you get the uh, Game Pass for PC, mm-hmm. this is this is on Game Pass, so you can oh, just. Cool. You can just play it for a few minutes, and if you don't like it, you haven't wasted any money. 
Yeah, cool. it's a great it's a great service for trying stuff. Yeah. And so kind of on that note, uh Liz, what do you uh usually ask what have you been playing? Uh yeah. that that can go ahead and reach back as far as it needs to uh, timeline. <laughs> uh the current game. I'm a one game woman. I'm playing Animal Crossing New Horizons along with all the other people, which has been great. I like it. I actually didn't want it. And Will was like, hey, Liz, you should get this game. I was like, I'm really not a video game person. I, don't, I think it might be a waste of money. But we were stuck in quarantine. And so Will got me this game. And I love it. I've got perfect little house. Almost all the flowers. Everything you could want. So what about this worked for you? What what were you happy to see? What were you happy not to see? Like, what about this game? Because it's it appeals to a lot of people that yeah. don't play games. And they I've heard a lot of, you know, I'm playing on my so-and-so's console. Like, I had never played, you know, a game this many hours before or at all like yeah. what is it about animal crossing because you know i play from time to time um it's kind of just fun to just pick up and put back down every once in a while what kind of drew you into it how much time do you have into it i don't know i think the biggest thing that has drawn people into it and i think this has been written about a lot is just the timing it's a really happy game that was released in kind of an upsetting time and it was just kind of a good escape when you were inside and the thing that I like about it is that we're able to set, and I say we because Will's playing this too, we're able to set our own goals for our own island. So for a long time, I wanted to have the most money possible. And then I started to go on like Animal Crossing New Horizons Reddit, and I realized that I was never going to be the richest player. So I switched goals. And I wanted to have all of the possible hybrid flowers. So you like breed flowers together and you get new colored flowers. So I did that for a while. And then we just maxed out our houses. We got a new player that we play just to max out his house. To be honest, at this point, I've accomplished almost all of my goals. And I'm not really sure what to do next. But I like that you can set your own missions mm -hmm. we might have hit a ceiling as far as what we can do with the island it might be a hey we gotta like bulldoze half the island and put in some new stuff if we wanted to we got to the five star that was definitely yeah. an achievement we wanted at one point um it's been fun playing this together like the the two player in this is better than a Mario odyssey one person isn't a hat um but it's still you know one person's kind of the, the little sister player at times, yeah. but you can switch back and forth between that very seamlessly, which is a really good feature. Um, we both share the same console, so that means we share the same island, but with the two of us, we haven't, you know, run into each other too much or had too much crossover of ideas. We've been able to kind of talk about what we wanted to do, plan out the thing, and then, like we said, we've made a third character who designed the house into a restaurant. So, that's been a fun bonus challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of my friends are playing it. And a lot of my friends who aren't gamers are playing. And so we've been visiting each other's islands. I put on my headset and talk to them. I have never put on a headset and talked to anybody while playing a video game. That's like outside of my realm. 
but it's been really, really fun. Wow. That's see, that's really neat to hear that this game can, can really do all of that. Um, have you considered just starting a new Island from scratch and having to get all of your, so the thought of having to get all of your upgrades back, does that, does that sound exciting or does that sound like if you lost your save, you would probably never play the game again? I think I would have friends deliver me. The big slog is that it takes a long time to get the tools that you need to make big changes to your island. And so I would want my friends to deliver me the tools so that I wouldn't have to like build them myself and I could have them earlier. <sighs> Pockets pockets you start out only being able to hold like 10 items which is incredibly limiting and you have to just do tasks until you can hold like 40 items and that part we had to do with our third character who we used for building a restaurant and that was so probably i would restart but not right i think one thing that you did comment on was as you started it really did. Got you going in the right amount of things. You got learned new things as they were necessary. Yeah, because I'm not like versed in video games. I think things were more surprising to me than they were to like Will or people who have played more games. Where I'd be like, "Oh man, I hate that I can only hold ten things in my pocket." And then, like, a few minutes later, it would be like, would you like to purchase this upgrade to hold more things in your pocket? It was just, like, the gift that kept on giving for a while. That's wonderful to, to see through kind of a child's eye in that. <laughs> and, like, it's that, oh, I wish I could experience, you know, X movie for the first time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I saw I saw a, someone post, like, a question like that on the internet the other day. It was... Like, if you could delete your save memory from your head of a video game you played, what video game or video game series would you wish you could just go back and replay from fresh? And I was thinking about that. Like, that's a that's a great question to think about. Like, what game did you love playing and you would love to be able to go back and re-experience it? But you know what's the- funny? That's actually really tricky because my, my brain immediately went, Halo, I'd love to do that again. But mm-hmm. that... At 29, I, I, right now, I can't sit down and play that again. Like, I would never finish it because I'd be like, wow, the graphics suck. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, would, it was fun because of when I did it. So that's a really good question. Have is, to hold up. Is there a game that holds up enough that you'd love to feel like, wow, I haven't played that before and pick it up and play it? That'd be, there's like a certain range of how far back can you go to make a game good. Harry and Liz, Liz gets to do that with any game. <laughs> <laughs> I played Harry Potter Chamber of Secrets when I was, I think, 13. And I played the whole game. Was that the first game you ever played? It was the first game. I mean, I had played like, you know, one-off games like Mario Kart and like um, Super Smash Brothers. But it was the first game that I played all the way through. And it was glorious. I did it in a whole weekend. I just played that game straight. And I would do that again. What system was that for? PS2. Okay, okay. That's a good system for most people to start on. Mm-hmm. That was definitely my first, like, well, second console we ever owned. But that was the one that I felt like was my own. And I actually got to 
because I actually, in the process of kind of looking through old stuff, I found my old disc CD case that has all my old PS2 games in it. And it was just memory after memory flipping through that diskette, just being like, whoa, ATV Off-Road Fury 2. <laughs> oh, such a good series. I own all of those. They're all so good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's tough. It's interesting when you when when you get into games is a big part of like how easy they are for mm-hmm. you to use. Because another game that Liz has played that I kind of helped coach her into was Portal. Mm-hmm. And I'd played other shooters, but I think I hadn't played Portal till much later in my gaming you know time. So it was easy for me to figure out pick up. But for Liz early on in her game playing, she got to play Portal and then Portal Two. Um, I think we did them out of order because I wanted to do the co-op version first, yeah. but then we had her play through the first one. And Portal is one of those, probably the, my favorite one to ever teach someone how to do a first-person shooter because the game isn't pace-based. It's not a struggle, but Liz is able to pick it up and figure out how to do that. You know what? I'm thinking about this, and I played lots of video games before Harry Potter, Chamber of Secrets, but they were on the computer. Does that count? Absolutely. The P- PC definitely oh. counts. Like things like, are you talking about Mist or Master Blaster? I'm talking about Carmen San Diego. Which one? <laughs> Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Okay, okay. I also played Math Blaster. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I saw, I'm sorry. I was looking for math, Master Blaster or something else, but yes. Uh, <laughs> math Blaster. I have, uh, I think, fifth grade math for master for math blaster yeah uh, i think fifth grade yeah we found jumpstart fourth grade i found a bunch of my old discs or a pc game discs i found mm-hmm. backyard baseball and backyard basketball and a few other ones from back in the day motocross madness so my learning curve has more been about controller dexterity than like where to go in a video game like i, I kind of know like the sequencing basically and where you should look for things but like looking around me and directionally moving is difficult so when you played portal that was that was a a dual stick yeah uh, game was that was that tricky because i i hear a lot that that is a major accessibility issue yep is um first person dual stick uh controls yeah, th- we'll use that as my training wheels, I think. And mm-hmm. I had to, you know, gosh, I feel like his sensitivity on his control sticks was like really high. Because I remember just like spinning around in circles, but I eventually figured it out. And I still struggle. Like I don't play shooter games because it is just too dang hard for me to direct where I'm going to shoot. But I'm better now. Mm-hmm. You've taken over the controller a few times when we were playing, and I was playing Overwatch. Yeah. Liz would hop on when I went to go go to the bathroom or something like that, and then she'd be playing with other guys, and she either would tell them or wouldn't tell them that she was playing. Yeah. And she'd take over for a couple of deaths. Hey, <laughs> sometimes I didn't die. That's true. True. So what what are your thoughts on on a controller? What what feels better? Like, because you've played the Switch. And you've played um, uh, on a PlayStation and uh, through the PC, you've definitely played on an Xbox controller and you've played on PC. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if you were doing mouse and keyboard or joystick and keyboard, but 
like what do you think is kind of the easiest uh, type of controller to get in with? I mean, mouse and keyboard. Mouse and keyboard is what I learned on. So that's the easiest for sure. But I don't like using it because I've kind of developed sort of like a carpal tunnel situation with my right hand and just mousing extra is not great for it. So I would say, though, that I don't think you've ever played a first person shooter on PC where you'd actually use the mouse to be your eyes and looking around. You know, maybe you might have done one with like a Carmen San Diego where you like walk around a space and looking around. But I feel like most of your games were click adventures, if that's not. That's fair. That's fair. Because I remember playing, you know, like the putt-putt games and yeah. Spy Fox, where you'd click on things and find the next part of the adventure, which is definitely a part of gaming, is understanding, like, where are they directing you to go? What are you supposed to understand and figure out? But I think that there's a a whole different understanding of playing a first-person game versus a third-person game versus, like, a click adventure on a computer. But I feel like I could click a guy's face pretty good. Oof. We might need to get Liz into some, some <laughs> online play and see how well she can click heads. I feel like I've been training for that all my life. <laughs> you heard it here. Next year's Overwatch League champion is going to be Liz. For sure. So for for me the uh like the Xbox and PlayStation controller is just kind of the best to hold the Switch controller is kind of you know this is acceptable because I can take this with me mm-hmm. um but for me a computer the mouse and keyboard is almost a completely different animal uh, as far as input I feel it's as different as a like a like a peripheral like a like a rock band or a mm. Donkey Kong bongo situation. There's a Donkey Kong bongos. Yeah, I feel like we need to play that. I think on a different console than we have. <laughs> yes, there was a game where you played the Donkey Kong bongo drums. I dislike our Joy Cons primarily because they're busted, and one of them's new and should not be busted. But also, yeah, it's really not a great handle to hold on to. Yeah, our Joy-Con has developed drift pretty bad pretty quick. Um, don't know why. It's been a notorious issue is how bad the Joy-Con drift is, and it's still a problem. The president put out an apology today, I think. Oh, president of Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah. Wow. Everyone's asking, did you fix the drift yet? And so apparently that's not a thing they can fix. But um, we've actually transitioned to playing our Switch mostly with a PlayStation controller. I, got a, I bought an adaptive dongle thing that you can use through USB. It gives you wireless connectivity through Bluetooth, so you can use the PlayStation controller on that, and that's been better for Liz. Um, I do have to kind of coach her on which button is yes, because it's circle on a PlayStation instead of X, which is usually the agree button or the yes button. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, because Nintendo has to be different and put the A button on the right side. Yeah, it's, everybody's got to be different is the thing. I thought about buying replacement buttons for this PlayStation controller because it's kind of become the determined Switch controller because I bought another one for the PlayStation, so it's one of my older ones. And I thought about buying either little stickers to stick on the buttons or buying new buttons that would be rebranded. I know what switches are for Animal Crossing. The problem is when I have to use it for PlayStation. So this is this is kind of what I was wondering is the... This the Animal Crossing on the Switch is kind of the first game 
in quite a while that you've really yeah. sat down and played independently for a long period of time. Yeah. How much of that has to do with the portable nature of the Switch? Uh, I'm going to say it has more to do with the second screen option. So like when Will is playing something like Apex, I can sit next to him and play um, Animal Crossing. And originally I was playing it handheld until the drift got so bad. And now we have to pull out like the the monitor that I use for work and plug in the switch to that. Hmm. Yeah, having the second console has been really the thing that's enabled that. Um, playing with friends has been a big thing for yeah. me, and that the fact that Liz can play with her friends on the same time is good. Um, I've been. You don't have to listen to any of the audio really to play Animal Crossing. Like, you miss out on a couple of things, like balloons and shooting stars. But I can listen to an audiobook while I'm playing Animal Crossing, which is kind of like the ultimate therapy. <laughs> what do you mean by ultimate therapy? I mean, it's just like the most relaxing thing I could possibly do right now. Mm -hmm. Just putting two relaxing things together to make a, a an ultimate relaxation mode? Yep. Mm -hmm. hmm. But, yeah, I mean, this is definitely picked up Animal Crossing in much more than any other game, but there's been some that we've played together that, like, on PlayStation that we've really enjoyed. Um, but, yeah, definitely Animal Crossing is the first one that she really took ownership of. Mm -hmm. We even made her first player. Like, she took over my yeah. Nintendo account, and I made her the main player of the game, so she has the online ability. This is my first time being player one on anything. <laughs> anything. And so Will, like, would be like, oh, man, there's this weird thing. I can't move past this section of the game. And it turns out that my player had to do it. It's glorious. <laughs> the power. The, the power. Power of <laughs> player one. But there's been some games we've played together. I mentioned that um, one of the ones was, yeah, kind of Detroit Become Human was one that we played together where mm -hmm. Liz was the backseat gamer in that experience. I've been calling it passenger gamer mm. since Will... He played the game. He had the controller in his hands the whole time, but he let me make all the decisions. And in Detroit Become Human, it's like a choose-your-own-adventure story. And so the decisions that you make, even small decisions, can get you to a different ending. And that was so exciting for me, all about it. I would like to play again. Mm -hmm. So Will didn't really like the holding the controller part of the game. I think Liz could play it herself. I know there is a mode you can play where the combat is like super easy so i think liz could play it herself but that would mean giving up the playstation for me to play on the which has not really been a need for anything right now the big thing has been animal crossing really is something liz can do where i'm playing on the playstation which means we can both kind of side by side playing together parallel play parallel play so Detroit Become Human is is basically a visual novel. Um, yeah. Were you, so you were very interested in the story-driven aspect of that? Yes, and in how much game they had developed that we didn't even play. Like you see at the end of each like chapter, the route that you took, and it's like a branching tree with all these different options. And we just took one route and there were like, 20 routes on every chapter that we could have taken and it's just insane hmm. so if you end up playing control together 
if Liz, you like control, I might recommend going back. It's not available on PlayStation, but Remedy made a game in 2016 called Quantum Break. Quantum Break is set up like a television series. Hmm. Um, it's a it's a kind of time manipulation sort of a game, uh, but every level, every chapter, once or twice, you choose a major decision for one of the characters, not just the main character, but sometimes the main villain. Oh. And you and you pick how they react to a situation, and the next cutscene, which the cutscenes are fully mo-capped, high production value, really overdone. They spent way too much money on the cutscenes. <laughs> but you steer the the television series. You make major production decisions in it. Yeah, I want that. Um, so it's it is kind of the, that same thing, uh, but with the added benefit of not being a David Cage game. Um, what is the hatred of David Cage games? Who's David Cage? Liz doesn't even know who he is. Who's David Cage? <laughs> he's the uh, he's he's the writer of um, like he's responsible for Indigo Prophecy and Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls and. Detroit Become Human. None of those I in, enjoyed any of what I played. Well, but is it because of quick time events? I, it's a little bit of that, but I'm I'm fine with quick time events. Like I, um, because I, I played the. Uh, oh, will help me out. The uh, Telltale. Okay. Yeah, we called those Indiana Jones games. I like those. Liz liked those ones as well, but again, I was playing. She was watching. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's less great when you have to be the one who's like, oh, it's a cutscene. I've been trained for 20 years to, oh, it's a cutscene. I get to set the controller down, sit back in, in, in my chair and eat a Cheeto. And then a big button pops up on the screen and you spill your your snack and, and uh, knock the controller off the table and stub your knee. Not that I would know. Yeah. Uh, um, but no, it's, David Cage is just fine, I'm sure, for some people with bad taste. But it's... Um, <laughs> really is just kind of a personal uh, opinion. Yeah. Um, we, we actually tried playing Beyond Two Souls. We did? Yeah, Liz doesn't remember because it wasn't as good as Detroit Become Human. Um, I think I think probably this is his best one. Uh, I think this one actually had the... The funny thing is you, you mentioned he's kind of like the storyteller of the game. In this case, you actually get to tell the story, so he just made a bunch of story options and you picked the story you like. So. Yeah, but you have to like one of the options. I'm yeah, I'm sure. I'm more I'm more plan, but um, definitely. I mean, if that's what you like, I'm I'm all for it. Like, I don't care what people like if as long as they're enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you like control, because I I think if you like the the decisions part, uh, definitely find a way to go back on PC and play, um, and and play Quantum Break because it was Microsoft Studios published it. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's not out for um, for other systems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would I would I would recommend checking that out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I remember hearing about it back when it was like new. <laughs> yeah, they they did a, a big media push all over television and stuff because they put a lot of money into it. Um, Too much. But it was it's pretty neat. Yeah. 
Um, so as far as uh, backseat gaming, I also did uh, passenger gaming uh, <laughs> growing up. And actually, you know, now it's become a multi-billion dollar industry, uh, as I might have mentioned. And so Trailblazer, yeah, uh, you are on that. Um, sometimes it can be fun to just kind of watch the game because you'll spot a lot of stuff that the player isn't. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time playing with my friend down the road. We would play uh, like rare games like uh, Banjo-Kazooie or we'd play Spyro and I would see stuff off to the sides of the screens. And and today with draw distances being that much farther, it's probably even more useful. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless your um, driver's seat gamer doesn't listen to your input. <laughs> I think it's funny that this is called just another side quest because side quests are the bane of my existence when it comes to backseat gaming. <laughs> Which specific ones do you mean? Spider-Man. The, the big bane has been the games that I loved that I wanted to 100%. There's been a two or three games that came out for the PlayStation. I just I thought they were fantastic. And for some reason, I found out there was, you know, the trophy system in PlayStation. And I was like, you can get a trophy if you finish the game 100%. And I was like, all right, I want to do that. This is a game I cared enough about to play through the entire thing, to see everything there is in the game. Kind of like what Liz is saying with Detroit Become Human, where she wants to go back and play other stories. It's not the same when you're chasing around a bunch of backpacks or chasing a bunch of birds or fighting, like Liz said, the same thugs over and over and over again. The same dudes! (laughs) So the problem the problem was Liz Liz joined in after I had finished probably eighty to ninety percent of the story of the game. And so oh, I'm man. running around thinking, oh, I want to get all these things before I do the big finale, like before I finish the game. So mm-hmm. I went and did all the side quests, found all the little parts for Spider-Man and got all the pieces, and then I went to finish the game. But Liz only saw probably the like Fifty to forty percent of my gameplay, which ended up being just that chasing around objects and pieces. It was agony. You were just walking at the wrong time. He also did this with um, Star Wars, the new one. Jedi Order. Jedi Order. Okay, but during the whole thing, he was like, he was like, oh no, I'm almost done. I've got ten percent left to go, but it was ten percent on like this one location left to mm-hmm. go. So I'd be like, oh my gosh. He's finally done. He'd be like, nope, I still have these 20 other locations. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like a kind of a purgatory that you that you would be stuck in. <laughs> that was less fun as a, as a passenger seat gamer, you'd say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you need, need to keep her on the, the main story. That's but. true. I've been worried about control because I'm trying to play that one quickly. So I'm worried I'm going to be playing when Liz is either not available or at work or something like that. So if I try to play it with her, we'll see if we have enough right. time to finish it. But we probably don't. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> you should probably just start another save, like on another account on yeah. the PlayStation, and be like, "Oh, this is this is our this is our group one," because I have mm-hmm. that on a few games on the uh, Xbox. Is I have multiple saves or multiple idea. profiles, and it's like. Oh, you're going to play? Okay, we'll switch over to this one. Yeah. Smart. Mm-hmm. If only idea. we could do that with New Horizons, but alas. <laughs> uh, so I kind of just want to hit on one one more thing and then kind of whatever your guys' closing thoughts will be. But um, 
you Liz mentioned Mario Kart. Um, and I kind of want to limp together difficulty options and assists. So when you play the new Mario Kart 8, and well, not new, but newest, um, like when I play with uh, my kids, I turn on auto accelerate and steering assist. Um, and, you know, sim games like uh, um, Forza and Gran Turismo have the same sort of thing. A lot of racing games now have it. Um, and like if you mess up three times in Mario Odyssey, they start kind of helping you out a little bit. A lot of games <laughs> do that sort of a thing. So how, what kind of experience Liz do you have with uh, assists and, and uh, difficulty options that you were able to kind of play with to make things more fun? Is that something that you have any experience in? I think that I kind of avoid assists in Mario Kart specifically, and I think that's the only game that I've played that has them. I I want to be competitive, you know? I don't want to just be like the kid with bumpers on. But I don't think I've played other games that have difficulty options because a lot of those are first-person shooter and I just steer away. Mm-hmm. What we do is that if, if I play a first-person shooter like um, Uncharted, Will plays all of the parts where there's shooting involved and then he'll hand the controller to me for the puzzle parts. Hmm. That's that's a, a good way of doing it. Uh, it's kind of similar to the way that, you know, Will will play the game and you will make the, the canonical uh-huh. choices. Yeah. And it's kind of a fun way of sharing different parts of the game. Um, yeah. But if, if you're given the option in in a game like like Mario Kart where would you would you rather have the assists on and have a close race or would you rather get lapped um with the assists off and get is that lapped. more of a difficulty thing or is that more of just uh like you pride. just don't feel like it's it's pride okay it's all about the pride and i'm competitive with Mario Kart in a casual gaming scenario I can get second, third, or first. Typically not first, but I could get there. <laughs> Mario Kart does a great job of, of auto-putting some of those like helpers in. Like If you're in the last place, you get the Super 8 or the, the Bullet Bill that will pull you back in. So there's enough of those, I think, built-ins that you don't need necessarily. At least, probably, for, I think the, the Drive Assist and the Auto Accelerate are great for the kids that are playing the game and learning how to play. I think for adults who have who have not played many games, I think putting on the assists might feel like pandering to them. Maybe. For I have thought about playing with aim assist on um, some games that have shooting. Like I tried playing an Assassin's Creed game and I don't know why I didn't like it. I didn't really like it, but I think we turned on aim assist for that one. Mm. And that's the only way I would have ever have gotten through an Assassin's Creed game, especially if they start leveling up the difficulty of the fights. Like there comes a certain point where I just get stuck. Mm-hmm. Hey, Liz, you want to hear a secret? What? I use aim assist. <gasps> no. Absolutely. I, I have no problem with some games. The aim assist is bad and kind of messes me up. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, I like a game that has a snap too. Uh, um, mm-hmm. not on multiplayer. Cause I like, then you're messing with someone else's game, but I, I will also occasionally play on easy on some games that I just want to 
get the story and just play mm-hmm. through and have fun. Um, you know, I, there needs to be some challenge or it's no fun. Right. But I, uh, I, I will not shy away from turning on, uh, an aim assist here or there. Mm-hmm. The, the challenge should not be such that it pulls you out of the game. And like, there was, there was a fight I was playing when I was playing Star Wars that Liz probably remembers <laughs> that it was a fight and I had played the game. I was doing really well. I understood the game. I got to a certain boss and I had not really learned how to parry correctly. And I was playing the game without parrying most of the game. I got to this fight and I got this character and I was just like, this guy's so hard. And it, it actually forced me to learn how to do the right mechanic to play the game. It wasn't a challenge just to make the game more difficult it was a challenge to make you learn the game better and i think good games challenge you with the the content and the story but don't i think the modes are there to help make you be able to play the game at the pace and the enjoyment you want because i don't think you there's some games you might lose out on playing the game well if you stick to easy but i think you want people to enjoy playing your game you don't want them to feel like they have to i don't know get good just to be able to play Hmm. Yeah, I think calling out that that phrase specifically the get good is mm-hmm. you know, I don't I don't like that. If someone wants to play on easy cuz they just want the story, if it's if that's how they want to enjoy their game, that's that's what they should do. Mm-hmm. Um cuz I will sometimes uh you know, do just that. Um but I like having little adjustments instead of just easy, medium, hard. If I can go in and kind of adjust up and down uh mm-hmm. like turn turn aim assist on okay so i'm a big racer like a uh, racing game player mm-hmm. and in that you can turn toggle on and off traction control stability control abs uh-huh. assisted brakes uh the braking line the full uh acceleration line and there's a hundred different switches that you can flip and then you go to something like um, a dirt rally or a dirt four, and you can actually, you know, on a scale of one to 10, say how much uh, help you want on just traction control or just stability control. Mm-hmm. And you can tune it into what's fun. And I think that's something that can help people because Liz is never going to play Dark Souls. <laughs> But even oh. if she, even if she did, it's it. There's no difficulty settings. It's just as hard as it is, and that's where the term "get good" comes from. Was mm-hmm. you know, it's the first time I heard it was from that game. Huh? Is Dark Souls the side scroller that looks really cute, and you said it was really hard? No, that was Hollow. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, imagine this? imagine the the um the noir adult version of Hollow Knight. It, yeah, it's a gritty, impossible dungeon crawler style game, but you're playing. I believe you just play as like a swordsman. Yeah, it's it's yeah. rough, but it, it's a it's a good game, but it's very difficult. Um, do you guys have any any thoughts on things that make video games accessible, or things that you think video games could uh, try to make? games more accessible i get stuck often at um like timed challenges 
like the uh, escape out of the collapsing cave type of challenge, especially if I have to jump from platform to platform. I think about this one scene in the Harry Potter Chamber Secrets game that I played. I spent half the day with my little brother passing the controller back and forth just trying to beat this level. And I feel like that element needs to have some sort of like adjustability, like maybe just don't make it timed because I could see myself. If you have three failures, maybe increase yeah. the time by 20%. Or give yourself like a little Tinkerbell helper or something. Like I could see myself never passing one of those. Mm -hmm. What if they gave you the option of skipping entire segments of levels? Do you think at that point it's, taking away the game or is that something that if it means you get to play the rest of the game uh, would be an acceptable uh, situation? I think that there are a lot of people who really want a challenge, but I'm not much of like the, you need to challenge me type of person when it comes to a video game. So I would skip something like that. Just get me out of the dang cave, you know? I would be a bit concerned if you didn't know how far you were skipping. Part of my, my, my enjoyment of a game is, like, if I, if I were to skip ahead of something, I, I you know, if I know the cutscene and I know what's happening, I'll skip it. But if I accidentally skip a cutscene sometimes, like, there's been one time we were getting ready to leave and I was about to start a new cutscene. And I'm like, okay, I'll just, I'll turn off the game and I'll come back and I'll be like, I'll play the cutscene again. I couldn't find the cutscene again. I missed this little chunk of the game. And I was like, I don't know what happened in there. It doesn't seem like something big happened, but I feel like I missed a chunk. So I feel like if I had something where I skip if I knew where I was going to skip to, maybe I'd feel comfortable. But I liked your idea of adding the adding time to the challenge or, you know, having a float mechanic. One yeah. of the best things I've thought of about as far as accessibility was the um, Super Mario 3D World game, where when somebody would fall to their death, they would pop back up in a bubble. Maybe that was the... Um, Mario Bros. 2 or something like that. Where that was the... I know they had it in uh, Wii U Deluxe. That might uh, be the one. Yeah. You're, you'd be playing Mario with people, like four players all running across the screen, and if someone fell into the lava, they'd come back as a bubble character. And it would just float around until you got to the next location where you could pop them. And that was a great way for getting someone through a level, but you still had one person had to get there. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think missing out on some of the game would, would bother me. Maybe that's do you guys have any other any other thoughts on really anything in 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 general uh before we kind of start making our way out i got lots of thoughts i don't know if they fit right now but you know just thoughts about life, the universe quick, and everything quick little plug for uh diner dash and roller coaster tycoon too <laughs> those classics <laughs> Those are those are good, man. Those I, were the I, golden I, days. I man, like played roller coaster tycoon, and then you just trap people in one spot. Yes, yeah. I would build the highest mountain and dig the lowest valley, and I would grab a little person to drop them from the mountain into the valley. Oh. <laughs> I'm a little concerned at the moment. <laughs> I'm like, this is my wife. <laughs> but to be fair, I'm pretty sure I had a literally roller coaster shoot into like a crowd or off of a cliff yeah <laughs> yeah that was very doable you watch you could part them like the red sea yeah. the roller coaster yeah game physics are in those kind of games they're made to be exploited 
that's what the physics of like the top down city builders and roller coaster builders were designed to do. Mm-hmm. Even Sims, you'd like figure out ways to make them trapped in something or mm-hmm. build the houses in a way where they like couldn't get to the bathroom or something. Yeah. And I was just going to ask if Liz has played something like The Sims, but you know what? That's New Horizons. Yeah. yeah. Animal Crossing yeah. is very much a Sims style game with a lot less of the customizability, I'd say. And I love my villagers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never trap them on an island and never feed them. No, there's only a couple of them that I want to leave. <laughs> awesome. Well, that sounds like uh, like a show to me. Um mm-hmm. If you guys don't have any other thoughts, then uh, I'll kind of play us out a little bit. Play us out. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the 12th episode of Just Another Side Quest. Um, Hopefully, uh, you know, James and Aaron are, uh, they're taking a a well-earned vacation uh, after closing on their house. So uh, we'll have them back uh, just as soon as, soon as we can, but. I'd like to thank Will and Liz uh, specifically for for coming on tonight. I've been looking forward to it. Thanks, Randy. Yeah, it's been a blast. Um, To everyone else, uh, be sure to check out the rest of the extended network at tinydogpodcast.com, and we welcome any and all feedback at tinydogpodcastnetwork at outlook.com. And uh, from all of us here at Tiny Dog, uh, we'd like to wish you a very good night. Good night. Good night.